Welcome to Telltale, the podcast where marketers can learn from interviews with fantastic storytellers. Hello everybody, welcome to episode 17 of the Telltale Podcast. My name's Kurt Sanders, I'm your host and with me every week is Brittany Dreghorn. Good morning Britt, how are you going? Good, thank you. That's how are great. you? Yeah, yeah, really well, thanks, really well. Today we have with us Louisa Dahl, who is the founder and CEO of Interactive Minds, which is the brand behind a heap of incredible digital events across Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne. And Louisa is also the Brisbane Chapter Director of Startup Grind. So many things, I'm out of breath. <laughs> Louisa, welcome to the Telltale Podcast. Thanks for having me. How's it going? Good, good. Uh, feeling good this week after having a really busy, big event filled week last week. And what Tell Louisa about is talking that. about, of course, is the Digital Summit, Digital Minds. How did it go? Yeah, so that was uh, that's the Interactive Minds Digital Summit. A bit of a mouthful, but it's our, <laughs> Sorry, annual, <laughs> it's our annual conference that we run across Brisbane and Melbourne each year. So we've just wrapped up this year's events. Um, so we had 460 people come along in Brisbane to hear from some great companies like Amazon and Netflix and Google and Facebook and Shopo and a whole bunch of other brands who are able to share what's working for them in digital marketing. Yeah, that's cool. And and so 460, like that's a solid crowd. That's really great. Um, how do you niche down into the tracks and the areas to cover in you know digital marketing, which is just insanely varied? Digital marketing is really broad, and it is one of the challenges in what we do. So we run a, a single day, single track event for the digital summit. And what that means is it's really a job to work out what the most relevant topics are for digital marketers this year. And that comes down to what's changing or what's happening that's interesting in this space or what companies are doing differently that they haven't been doing before. So they're the areas that we focus on. Yeah, and where did people flock to this year? What were the, um, what were the hits? Well, data's always a, a, a big one at the moment and something that everyone's talking about. So we did have a few sessions in the data space. Um, social media is always really popular as well, and we had Facebook talking about some of the new things that are available in the social media world as well. Yeah, so sure. there were some of the favourites. With data, was there anything big decoded for your audience this year? Was there anything that uh, sort of aha moments or new for them? Look, I think with data, it's really just about making sure that you've got the right inputs and that you can you know, access data out there. So I think most companies would like to be further along in their data journey than they are. And it's really just about being realistic around what's possible with your own databases, making sure that they're clean and usable, and then adding in potential third-party data as well. So we got to see some insights into how that can work for different organizations. And then on the other side of things, it's then about you know testing and using your data smartly. So at a very base level, doing things like A-B testing, but then moving into other areas. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, just an interesting thing. Maybe you can answer it from a personal perspective rather than, than the actual event perspective. Um, you know, there's, there's a, obviously a huge shift towards data-driven decision-making. With your business, like you've, you've taken smaller events to a much bigger event, and that's a really great conversion path for your kind of audiences. Do you run it on a 100% data or is there some of your intuition or your gut going into that as well? Like, yeah. you know, what's, what, how much is science and how much is art for you? Look, a lot of it is experience, in, as you say, you know, that gut intuition feel. So I feel like, you know, I stay connected with my audience both through, primarily through surveys and also conversations. So understanding what they want and where they're at and how we can help them is really important to me then being able to pull together a program that's going to be of most benefit. So I I am um, as a marketer myself. It's I'm I'm like the the bootmaker that has really bad boots, <laughs> <laughs> trying to run a business and also trying to you know do what I need to do in marketing. So 
I must admit, it was only yesterday for the first time in ages that I actually looked at conversion rates and things like that for our own stuff. So it's definitely an area where there's so much more to be done. That's pretty standard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> we see that all the time. <laughs> You're talking about the uh, the topics for this year's uh, conference and how you're doing it based on what your customers want to hear. I'm really interested in your why behind it all because, and not just with Digital Summit, but with the events that lead up to that, there's lots of digital marketing events out there. So why did you want to bring another one to it? And it's been really successful. So obviously you're doing something right. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about the history? Yeah, look, I founded Interactive Minds eight years ago now. And back then there were actually no other regular digital marketing events in Brisbane. So initially it was for me saying, well, this industry is really fast moving. What's the best way to stay up to date and to network with other people and learn what they're doing? And there was nothing. So I said, okay, well, there's an opportunity there. I'm going to start something. And it, it really started as a bit of a side business where we got together you know, 10 times a year and we had probably about 50 people in the room. And over that you know, progression, we've now grown to, to doing bigger events and more, more people at each event, more frequency as well. So we've now expanded to Sydney this year and we've been doing events in Melbourne for a few years now as well. So for me, it's really all about helping digital marketers to stay up to date and to do their job better. And I think that's a really important aspect of their role. Yeah, sure. Out of some of the smaller events, so stepping back from the from Digital Summit, what are some of the maybe more interesting speakers or some of the speakers that stand out for you and what were the lessons? Sorry, wow, we've probably got a million um, in yeah. your mind. Uh, <laughs> we, we have run nearly 100 events actually right. over the last eight years, wow. so it's been huge. Probably I would maybe take a different approach and say, tell you about some of the other events that we've had this year and, and what's hot from that topic and what we've looked at. So, for example, we've looked at agile marketing, we've looked at growth hacking, a bit of a buzzword, but, you know, what can we learn from startups and more agile moving companies in the marketing space? Um, content's been another really interesting one that obviously always Amen, comes baby. up. Yes, Sorry. exactly. Yep. Um, and, you know, the user journeys and how that impacts content as well. So we've had so many different people contributing to these discussions, um, everyone from startups, like, you know, we've had Airtasker this year, we've had Canvas speak, um, through to some of the more established companies like banks and RACQ and universities so a big range of speakers and, and participants as well. Yeah Canva and Airtasker are both fantastic examples. Airtasker in particular I've had my uh, first recent experience with Airtasker it was so smooth the user experience was just brilliant absolutely no content marketing involved with that on the other side of things Canva deeply content marketing driven. Yeah. Um, can you delve deeper into what that was like talking with those guys? Look, I think they were showing some examples. I'm just trying to recall. I think they spoke for us around content and or growth hacking. So for them, you know, it's really about providing. Um, actually, I'm just trying to think. They had a really unique insight, but I think it came back to jobs to be done. So what was the user actually there to be doing and how can their tool help them to do that? So I think often we get distracted by associated things that we think might work, but really it came back to them for people are there to create images and how can they support or provide supportive content around that. Yeah, sure. Mm. Um, maybe putting on your marketing hat and taking away the, like the actual events you do run. A lot of our listeners are marketers or small businesses. How? What? What tips do you have for them if they're thinking of kind of injecting an event strategy into their into their overall business strategy? Yeah, look, a lot, a lot of companies do want to want to do events as a way to connect with their target audience. Um, I think, you know, it's accepting that events are something that take a lot of effort. I think that's probably the first element. I think people maybe underestimate initially what's involved in pulling that together and particularly getting people in. Um, so working out whether it's a paid event or a free event is really important and acknowledging that if it is free, you're going to have a high no-show rate, for example, um, all those little nuances in it. So I think making sure people are giving something, even if it's their time versus a dollar amount, but committing in some way to being there. 
Um, so you, I think events can be used really cleverly and I've actually had conversations with people who've said that when they've spoken at events, their return rate and their hit rate in terms of sales conversions goes up significantly. So it can definitely play a role, but I think for an individual company, it is a really big commitment and I think you need to work out how that positions you in the industry and, and the best approach, whether it is to do it by yourself, to partner with someone else or an organization like us. I think that um, events are really interesting in the way that they can really add value for audiences and they don't have to be directly related to your product. And so just thinking about some things, I know the uh, Email Marketing Summit Australia, which was vi uh, originally Vision 6's uh, product, which I think is really is cool. Yeah. yeah, and they yeah. also like Pep Talks by Peppermint Magazine. So they're really finding out what their audience needs um, and giving them that, in whether it's paid or not. What do you think? Like, there's lots of different types of events. It doesn't mm. always have to be that traditional one where people come, someone speaks, and something like that. Um, what do you have a message for marketers if they're thinking about adding an event to their content marketing mix or just marketing mix about how they can look at adding value and the different types of events that you can do? Look, I think it really comes back to what type of client base you have, obviously. So, I mean, I think events are probably really beneficial in that B2B space, um, unless they're a larger consumer event, of course. So. In the B2B space, it again comes down to, you know, should it be an, a lunch event or a dinner versus should it be an event for 100 people? I mean, there's so many different choices to be made and sometimes those intimate ones, whilst they might not have the bigger reach, they can have a better long-term impact in terms of that relationship building. So yeah. Yeah. I think it's a balance in getting that right type of event strategy. That um, human touch point, it really it's a game changer for a brand. If you can get someone there in front of you, it's much more of a commitment than like a like on Facebook. <laughs> That's right. And it's in, a real life thing. Exactly. With tools like you know LinkedIn, for example, we know as B2B marketers who we're targeting. We know their name and what they're doing and we know a lot about them. So it really needs that human touch, I think, to get the conversion across and to make it stand out from everyone else. Yeah, one question I have... Um, um, and you'll know from experience is where and when do you decide to do that event? Like, so obviously your products are the event, so you probably yes, started right. there, but some brands would be way behind, like they need to build a database first and and build awareness around mm. their brand. Like what, where, when do you know, or how do you know when to pull the trigger on an event? Yeah, look, in my experience, you know, an event is another touch point in the in the set. So, you know, if we need, say, 11 touch points, I think it is to, to get a person from one extreme to the other. And a podcast might be one of those. And your content on your website might be another one. Um, and you might have some email communication. I think an event can be used more towards the the end where you're developing the relationship closer towards the conversion or sometimes even as a post-conversion yeah. tactic as well. So that would be my, my gut feel in the positioning. Okay, cool. Let's um, let's shift on to Startup Grind. What's that all about? Tell us where that started. Yeah, Startup Grind is a global community for entrepreneurs and startups and it came out of the US and I am the Brisbane Chapter Director for Startup Grind. So I actually don't know how this came about. I guess I've been uh, in the startup space for a little while. I've obviously started my own business, Interactive Minds, and prior to that had two other businesses as well over the last decade. So got a bit of experience with startups and was really passionate about the space. I actually believe there's you know not much of a gap between digital and startups. There's a lot of overlap these days. Um, so being in that space, I heard that Startup Grind were looking for someone to run events in Brisbane, and I thought I can do events. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy. Yeah. You're already doing everything else. That's What's right. Another one? So I, I took on a small number of you know ten events a year for Startup Grind. Uh, so we're doing pretty much monthly events, and they involve a similar content. Oh, sorry, similar format, I should say, all around the world. So every Startup Grind event is run the same. They have over 200 chapters, I think, now around the world. So it's quite a big movement. So in each event, I interview a local successful founder or startup or investor and uh, hear their story. So it's very much a fireside chat format. 
And yeah, the event's been going really well. We've had some great speakers on over the last 12 months, everyone from Steve Baxter to Mark Sowerby. Um, and next... Steve Baxter's recently just taken Mark Sowerby's job too, <laughs> if you haven't heard. Yeah, so, that's yeah. right. Quite exactly. Topical. Topical names. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and you know, a lot of the smaller startups, a big range. So really trying to showcase their stories, what they've done and their learnings to share with other founders. Great. Has that been a feeder then for your other events as well? Because I think you probably found a new audience there with the startups and small businesses coming to find those. There's uh, definitely an overlap. Yeah. I mean, I think every startup has marketers, you know, or needs marketing at least if they don't have it already. So there is an overlap, but that's not really why I took it. I guess it was more just I'm passionate about this space and um, yeah, enjoy, enjoy the opportunity to speak to these great founders as well. Yeah. Yeah, some of those stories are so inspiring. Is there any one in particular that stands out? Look, I think for me, I'm at the point now, I think I've done about 15 interviews um, since I took this role on, and now I'm starting to see a few trends, which is really interesting. So I think actually all of the founders I've, I've interviewed have been super inspiring. Um, a lot of them in hindsight are quite casual about how it all came about. It all sounds, you know, not so hard in, in hindsight. Um, although a few of them have mentioned how they've had to use the ATO as a bit of a bank, which has been quite interesting. But yeah, it's just about, I, I'm thinking of, you know, penning some thoughts at some point around what those similarities in their stories are and yeah. some of their key methodologies, but super inspiring to, to be able to sit down with them all. Speaking yeah, of which, penning your thoughts, um, just before we went on air, you were saying you're writing a book. That's right. Tell us year. about that. What, what's the go? I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously the perfect transition of small events, large events, book. That, that's, that's, that's perfect. So what's, what's the go? Well, I'm writing a book for digital marketers and it's called The Deliberate Digital Marketer and it will be out in the next few months. Uh, I guess I've been in this industry now for over 17 years and I've seen a lot happen in this space. Uh, and what I'm realising is that people don't need me to tell them how to go and build a search campaign or how to use social media. And there's plenty of resources out there. But where I can help them is to share what I've uncovered from looking at other high-achieving, high-performing digital marketers. So through my events, what I'm doing all the time is finding speakers that can come and share their information with others. And I've put together basically a framework of what I'm seeing these speakers as all having in common and what other marketers can do to, to elevate their, their career progression, um, to improve what their output is and to be open to exciting opportunities along the way. Yeah, so it's less about those technical skills because they're always changing, right? Exactly. So. Yeah, that's right. It's really just about taking a deliberate approach to your career, having a bit of a plan and somewhere you want to be and uh, working towards it. Any spoilers on that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you that I've got a, a six-step framework and I'll, I'll tell you very much in brief what those headings are if you okay. like. So first of all, it's about being ready and that's a lot about mindset, but that's a, a framework basis to start from. Um, marketers are always telling me that they want to stay relevant and how they stay up to date. So there's some ideas and tips around how they can do that. Um, relationships, I think, are super important and under-leveraged. So how can marketers build relationships with others in the industry to actually achieve something together? Looking at results, because obviously a career without achieving results in this space, not only are results really difficult, but you need results to feel you know, that you're doing a good job. So what can they do to look at their results and make sure they're focusing on the right things? Um, also looking at resources, and that's talking about time and team. So two really important T's that everyone needs to get right. And finally then building a reputation. So once you've got all those things in place, you're in a really good position to establish yourself as a thought leader. 
It's like the ultimate digital marketing handbook. Like everyone's <laughs> going to have them. Is your face on the front of it? No. Damn. No. I, we, yeah, that was a discussion, but no, I've got a little picture on the back. <laughs> well, we're on the topic of uh, talking about shaping people for digital marketing. You're the digital marketing specialist. I'm really interested to know what you think are, are the most, I guess, uh, in-demand positions and actual technical skills or soft skills that you think people need to have in the next couple of years in this space? Yeah, look, my experience in this is really from talking with others in the industry and observing what's what's happening in the space. And from a, a technical side of things, look, I think that data experience is more relevant than ever. And I'm saying this as someone that often, you know, shied away from data, especially at university. It was not my favorite subject and it was not mm -hmm. meaningful and didn't seem relevant to anything back then. Um, but now, I mean, we're seeing what is possible with data. So having a good understanding, if not know how to do it yourself, at least know what you can get out of it and what, what needs to happen so it can be pieced together to get meaningful insights. At the moment, there's still a few companies who are ahead because they have those insights, but soon it will be the status quo. Yeah. So making sure that you understand enough about data to be able to use it meaningfully, I think is really important. Um, there's a school of thought that thinks, you know, coding and understanding that basis is relevant as well. Obviously, that's a little bit of a step away from most marketers. So that might not be, you know, where existing people are going to go. But again, it's something that, you know, kids these days are going to grow up with. So... That's an interesting Yeah, one. I actually heard something the other day talking about how coding is actually going to be the blue-collar work of the future. So it's just an interesting insight to say that some marketers are actually looking into it. I mean, most digital marketers I know can get around HTML and basic CSS yeah, and things right. like that pretty easily. Enough to be dangerous, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And, and we mean that both ways. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Interestingly, just stepping back on data again... Um, Yes, data can be a little bit bamboozling, but often the companies that use it in the most simple way are the ones that win really mm. big, in a big way. Um, in your book, is there anything around like, so I'm getting back to intuition and, and using your gun mm. again. Are you actually delving into that, into how maybe data is great, but it's also the personality and the creativity behind the data that gets the results? Look, I, I completely agree with that. It's not something that I have included in my book, but we did actually have, you know, a few presentations and discussions around that at the Digital Summit last week. And, yeah, very much I think it's that balance that's needed. You can't just have the technical side and not have any creativity because the creativity will allow you to stand out and to present the right messages, but the data might help you to get in front of the right people. Sure. So it's that balance that, that we need. And talking about the soft skills as well, I think that, you know, increasingly I'm having... We're seeing people say that they're having trouble getting buy-in from the team, getting buy-in from the CEO on digital. I think that's still a problem and something that people are still addressing, even though it seems like, you know, it should be something that perhaps isn't on the table anymore. Mm -hmm. So, Any think, tips on that front? <laughs> oh, look, I think it is very much case by case. I don't know that there's a broad brush approach to that, but mm -hmm. I think it's trying to get people on the journey with you, potentially getting them to hear it from other people as well. So not just from your existing team, maybe getting them along to things like events where others are talking about it and sharing what they're doing might be a really obvious way to put it in front of them. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Okay, we're nearly out of time, but... We always, always have time for our favourite segment, The Little White Lie. Have you uh, got something you can share with our viewers that isn't going to make your house burn down? <laughs> well, there you go. I have been thinking about this and I was thinking that I actually tell little white lies all the time to my children. That's so but... funny. We get a bit of both. We yeah. get like, we tell them every day and I've never told them. <laughs> but they're not very exciting, those white lies. They're just, you know, can I watch TV later? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> kind of white lies. So I'm going to tell you a bit more of a fun one. And this was back when I was 13, so ages ago. Great. Awesome. I was in grade seven and I wanted to go to the year eight dance or the social as they called it then at another school. 
And uh, my friend's mum worked there, her brother went there, and my friend and a group of us wanted to go with them to the social. So I asked my mum, and she said no. And oh, I wasn't really satisfied with that answer. So somehow I decided that I was going to concoct a bit of a story that we were going to go out for dinner with my friend's family and that I would come home afterwards. Uh, and we went to the social and had a great time. But when we got back, my mum was waiting at my friend's place for me and she totally saw through it. So uh, that was a very failed white lie that I told. Probably slightly more than a white lie when you're 13. Yeah, that's just <laughs> a dirty white lie. Yeah, actually. I've never lied since, I promise. Oh, right. <laughs> was it so worth it? Did you dance the night away? It was great fun and it was sweet and innocent at 13, of I course. I just don't know why she said no, though. Like, I feel like it's fine. It's just not allowed. My friend's <laughs> mum was a teacher there. I mean, you can't get much more safe than oh, that, right? Yeah. There we go. Louise's mum. I'm sure she had I'm counting that she won't hear this. So. Yeah, no, <laughs> we don't have to talk about it, Mum. She's, she's been pointed out as the tyrant mother she is. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Louisa Dahl from Interactive Minds, thank you so much for being on the Telltale Podcast. Thanks for having me. No Enjoyed trouble it. at all. Brittany, every week, thanks for joining us. And remember, people, the story behind your brand is important. Tell it. Telltale is part of the Content Division Podcast Network. You can subscribe on iTunes or stream it from thecontentdivision.com.au forward slash podcast.